Welcome back to our podcast, Chronically Iconic Mistakes. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And your co-host, Raya. Today, I want to talk about the most recent social media killer who has been using the most archaic site to lure his victims to their deaths. Before Facebook, we were learning how to be coders on MySpace and discovering that we could talk to literal strangers in chat rooms like AOL. Socializing online was taking the 2000 dial-up internet connection by storm. One year after MySpace's launch, a lesser-known social media was born. The site was called Tagged.com, and I honestly had no idea it was still around today. That is, until I saw that a modern-day serial killer was recently caught, and he used Tagged to find his victims. Did you ever use Tagged? I've literally never heard of Tagged. Oh my gosh. So... Everyone I've asked has not used it before, but my friend and I, in the 2000s, we would literally go into chat rooms to flirt with dudes. It was so unsafe. So was it like the roulette where it would just change the chat rooms around or? Nope. So it was like one giant chat room. Like you could join like whatever chat room you wanted. And it was basically like the AOL chat rooms, except it was in your web browser. So like your parents didn't have an easy time finding out what you were talking about. Huh. Yeah, I've never used it. Yeah, and I mean, instead of, like, layouts and top friends, that's really what they focused on was public chat rooms. And, like, at the time, like I said, that was really different because normally, like, AOL, you'd have to download and install on your, you know, your computer. Right. So they were different, and they had, like, the reason they were called tagged is that they had these little tags with little icons, and you could, like, send them to your friends to, like, describe their personality. So they'd be, like, cute, flirtatious, happy, brave, like that shit. That already seems like a really big issue, though, just, like, randomly talking to strangers on the internet. Yeah. Their whole concept was to meet strangers, and it still is today. I mean, it would be different if it was, like, adult-oriented, but, like... Well, and now it kind of is. At the time, it wasn't, though. It was really just anybody talks to anybody. And even with it being adults, I mean, they're still weirdos. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, Tagged has stayed pretty consistent to what it used to be. But somehow, it's become a little darker version of itself. Over the years, Tagged has found itself with a very poor consumer rating and has really gone down fucking hill. I mean, it wasn't well known back in the 2000s. Like I just said, I don't have any friends that remember using it. But the complaints go as far as saying that the site is filled with malware and that a majority of people on the site are fake. They've had their accounts deleted after spending money, and one user reports that after live streaming and earning money, Tagged actually deletes her account before she can claim it, and she's had it happen several times. Another user even left a review calling a man out for using woman and then becoming abusive. I mean, that's probably why people don't know about it, because it's so crappy. Yeah, and I think it's obviously why Khalil Wheeler Weaver chose this social media site. Tagged is taking absolutely no social responsibility to block scammers and malicious content. In fact, they almost seem to be going out of their way to encourage and create a hostile environment. And those using Tag to find their soulmates are probably so fed up with fake accounts that they're excited for any message that seems real and they let their guard down in hopes it's finally the one they've been waiting for. 
I believe Khalil knew that, and he took advantage of it. Damn, you guys need to just go on plenty of fish to find some soulmates. Yeah, I don't know why you guys are on tag, to be honest. <laughs> it, it had fake accounts back in the 2000s, guys. Hopefully this will deter anybody from being murdered on that site. I truly hope so, because Tag has taken absolutely no responsibility. They haven't released any press media information whatsoever about these murders. I feel like they just kind of maybe abandoned the site, honestly. Yeah, I don't know, but they certainly have no interest in being like a safe website. With Khalil, we see the side of nature and the nature versus nurture debate. Khalil had a very comfortable upbringing in Orange, New Jersey. Like we hear with most serial killers, Khalil was described as being very kind and even helpful by others in his life. Law enforcement was the family career of choice, and Khalil followed in their footsteps. He was working as a security guard at a hotel and a grocery store when he committed his gruesome acts. On August 31st of 2016, Robin West met Khalil through Tagged. While we aren't sure exactly what exchange happened between them within the chat, we do know that Robin was a sex worker and she was dealing with poor mental health at the time. Whatever conversation they had led to Robin meeting up with Khalil before she went missing. Only one day after Robin went missing, police officers responded to a call that would change the West family's lives forever. So, like, with this chat room, do the chats, like, go away? So they do. Okay. Um, in some cases. But it actually does sound like, even though they might have met in the chat room, they had personal messages back and forth because later on they do use it in the case. Mm. And those personal messages do stay. So it had like kind of like a Facebook messenger on it too. Right. That day, the police arrived on scene to an abandoned building set ablaze. And inside was a body so burned that it would take weeks before they could identify who was lost in the fire. Thankfully, because of dental records, they would eventually learn that the body found discarded in an abandoned building was none other than missing Robin West. Her body was so charred that they were unable to determine the cause of death, and there wasn't any evidence to lead them in the right direction. Well, fuck. Now, just like our last Canadian case, this immediately gives me the same feeling as Samuel Little. I mean, he has a very similar pattern. And Khalil was very selective about his victims and targeted sex workers with poor mental health who he believed may not have family to notice when they go missing. And we've seen this time and time again. I mean, this dude knows who to target. Yeah, fuck that guy. Not much time passes, and less than one month later, Khalil meets Joanne Brown in a tag chat room on October 22nd of 2016. Joanne was struggling with homelessness, and like Robin, she was also struggling with her mental health at the time of her disappearance. Joanne was last seen getting into Khalil's vehicle. We do not have an exact date that she was reported missing. Articles seem to keep it vague, stating that within that month she was reported to the police as a missing person. I mean, at least they, like, saw that she was getting into the vehicle, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, despite family making police aware of her disappearance, Joanne's body wouldn't be found until December 5th of 2016. Like Robin, her body was found in an abandoned house, so I'm sure it was difficult to locate. And this time, there wasn't a fire, and while the situation was so tragic, at least this time they were able to rule the case of death as a homicide. 
Joanne's body was found with tape on her eyes and mouth, and they ruled her death as strangulation. Yeah, it's good, at least, that they were able to see what actually happened. Yeah, we're kind of getting closer. Only one month later, Khalil found his next victim, Tiffany Taylor. Taylor had recently fallen pregnant and became homeless. She was struggling and becoming reliant on sex work to get by. Tiffany Taylor met Khalil in a tag chat room, and he was direct with her what he wanted out of the relationship. Khalil promised money to Taylor if she had sex with him. Little did Taylor know she was making a deal with the devil. It's super interesting, like, how he finds these, like, how do you find women with, well, I was just going to say, how do you find women with mental health issues, but, like, everyone has. <laughs> <laughs> it is very common now. Yeah. But um, it's just weird to me. it always has been. Like, what yeah. questions do you ask to, like. Right. He, seem, he seems to almost know that they're going to accept his deal, and that's really Yeah, strange. that's what I was Or maybe at. he spams people until they say okay. Maybe he's, like, literally just spams a ton of people. I have no idea. That's true, too. On November 15th of 2016, Taylor met with Khalil in a motel. Somehow, Khalil convinced her to go for a drive, and once they were in a discreet location, Taylor's worst nightmare became her reality. Taylor watched as Khalil handcuffed her, duct-taped her mouth, and then put on a ski mask before he raped her in the back of the car. When he was done, he strangled her until she lost consciousness. I believe Khalil thought his victim was dead, but Taylor was a fighter. She gained consciousness and managed to say all the right things to convince him to take her back to the motel. As soon as she arrived and was set free, she ran into an open room and locked the door. She was able to call emergency services in hopes that they would catch Khalil. Damn, that's wild. Dude, I know. I don't know what she said to get him to take her back, but I'm just really glad that she's alive. Yeah, that's really weird. Like, when she woke up and he, like, I don't know. It's a whole weird situation. I don't know either, but I feel like, I don't know if it was the Samuel Little case or something else, but I feel like we've heard this before where, like, if their victim doesn't die like they think they did, they just, like, let them go sometimes. And I don't know what that is. That's crazy and wild to me, like... It is. You'd think it would be the opposite, like, they'd try harder, but... Yeah, and sometimes I think it goes that way, but I don't know, maybe they're just like, well, they survive, I guess they deserve it. I don't know, it's bizarre. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when the police arrived, Khalil was nowhere to be seen. All they had was Taylor's report about the terrible crime she fell victim to. Damn. Just weeks later, Sarah Butler met Khalil in a chat room on tagged.com. Sarah was different from Khalil's past victims. Sarah was in her sophomore year of university. Her mental health didn't seem to be a concern for her, and she wasn't active in sex work. Not to mention, Sarah was close to her family, and she seemed to have a great relationship with them. Ultimately, this would be Khalil's downfall. Good. I'm glad. Me too. Which is crazy. Like, why would he, like, pick her if she literally wasn't, like... A victim to him, basically. I don't know. This actually really does make me think maybe he was spamming people just to see if they said yes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe he just looked out. He could have. And ultimately, Sarah went with it. I mean, Khalil was very forward again, and he offered her $500 in exchange for sex. Despite having no ties to sex work, Sarah agreed, and they planned to meet on November 22nd of 2016. Before her date with Khalil, she texted him, 
you're not a serial killer, right? Hmm. Something that I myself have jokingly texted online friends before meeting and never once would I have ever thought that my joke could become a reality. Well, now you're probably going to think differently when you say that. Oh, for (laughs) sure. And I mean, at the time, Sarah didn't have her own vehicle and she asked to borrow her mom's van to see her friend. Sarah was an adult and she didn't think anything of it. She casually said goodbye to her daughter, having no idea that she would never see her daughter alive again. Damn, I was hoping that this would be a different story at the end. I know. Not only was Sarah far from Khalil's regular targets, but her body was left in an unusual place as well. This time, Khalil discarded his victim in Eagle Rock Reservation. After losing their beautiful daughter, Sarah's family had no intention of sitting and waiting for the police to figure this out on their own. Sarah's sister knew all of her social media passwords, and they did their own sleuthing to find out just who Sarah was talking to before her disappearance. That's when they found the conversation between Khalil and Sarah. Huh. Good. Yeah, fuck yeah. Their family just crushed it. And it makes me sad for the people that don't have family because, like, they don't have anyone advocating for them. Yeah, and I mean, serial killers know that and they target them and it's just really sad. And imagine, like, if Khalil didn't pick this girl, like, he'd probably still be out there. Oh, yeah, we might have never known. And without missing a beat, they worked with Montclair police to arrange the catfishing of a lifetime and bring down one of the most recent serial killers of our time. The family was able to convince Khalil that their fake profile was a legitimate target, and he agreed to meet with them on December 6th of 2016. Khalil thought he was meeting his next victim, but he was actually greeted by an undercover police officer and was immediately taken into custody. Good job, police. Yeah, I... Honestly, this is amazing. Like, they worked together, they knew what to do, and they got it done. Like, I don't even know how to react because, like, we'd never see that. We never, ever see police just crushing it. Like, man. And Khalil's capture led to a warrant to search his home and investigate further. They needed more evidence to ensure that Khalil got the sentence he so truly fucking deserves. While searching his home, they found three cell phones in his bedroom and... I mean, I don't know about you, but anyone that has more than one phone is either Breaking Bad, a murderer, or I guess they have a second account on Pokemon Go, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I don't know. Why do serial killers always just, like, hide in plain sight? Like, why are you keeping the three fucking cell phones in your bedroom? Right, like, get burners at least, damn. You weirdo. Ugh. And detectives were able to use his phone to see that he actually lied about where he was because they were able to see his location history on his phone. It helped officers place Khalil at the abandoned house where West's body was found and set on fire. The most fucked up part is that they could see Khalil initially left the scene of the crime, but then returned to watch the house burn. Ew. Yeah. From his cell phone history, they could also see that Khalil was the last person to talk to Joanne and that he picked her up, took her to the abandoned house she was found in, and spent about an hour there prior to leaving her body alone, waiting six weeks to be found. He spent an hour after she was already dead? An hour. Okay, that's fucking weird. A little creepy, yeah. Not only that, but his Google searches were downright frightening. He was actively searching how to make homemade poisons to kill humans, and what chemical could you put on a rag and hold to someone's face to make them go to sleep immediately? 
Among his disturbing searches, an even more terrifying search was among them. Khalil had googled police entrance exam practice tests as if he was considering joining the force. Oh my god. And like, this guy is so crazy. Like, he couldn't have been acting normal. Oh. Like, in everyday life. Like, something had to be off. You would think, but I mean, everybody that knew him describes him as kind, polite, and just a very good person. Okay, so like a normal well, we see that a lot. <laughs> normal serial killer, which is so scary. It's it so is. scary. Chances are if you meet somebody that is very good at socializing, they might try to murder you. <laughs> Just a heads up. On February 2017, Khalil pled not guilty to all three of the murders and the one attempted murder. Khalil displayed a clear lack of remorse during his trial. So much so, the butler's father looked him straight in the windows of his soul and said, I hope you suffer, boy, every night. And Taylor, the woman he almost murdered, spoke up. My whole life is different. I don't wear makeup anymore. I don't have friends. I'm always paranoid, but I'm happy to still be here. Before looking at the judge, I hope you don't show him any remorse because he's not showing any remorse Good for her like i know that's so difficult to speak up you know as a victim oh it's gotta be or i'm sorry as a survivor yes on october 6 of 2021 khalil was charged for three counts of murder and desecration of human remains one attempted murder two counts of aggravated sexual assault one account of aggravated arson and kidnapping Khalil has been sentenced to 160 years in prison, and may he fucking rot there. Yes. Oh, boy. I hope, like, is that, like, no chance of parole? Because that would- There was nothing listed, so I don't think he has any chance of parole. Fucking yes. And then, like, we're gonna go back to, like, how he was put in prison in, like, 2017, and he got charged in 2021. Like, what is happening? I don't necessarily know why it took him that long. But I do have a feeling that it could have been um, how they arrested him and then they had to investigate further, like search his house and stuff, because I have a feeling they could hold him since it was a murder investigation. So he might have had to wait. Well, I was going to ask you, like, why it was trending, but now I know because he literally was charged, like, not even that long ago. Yep, it started trending um, in October, and I just really wanted to do a piece once we had enough information It was a little difficult at first just because, like, there's not a lot of information. It's an ongoing case, and we see that with those because, you know, they want to keep it under wraps until he's charged. But it's just, it it really brings to light, like, what your parents told you in the 2000s about not meeting people online. We all know we're going to meet them. That's just a part of life now, but you need to be really strategic and really careful. And for the love of God, don't take money for a service over the internet like that. Mm-hmm. Like, just meet somewhere in public. Make sure you're going to be safe before you move forward. Just, there's a lot of steps you can take. And I don't think any of these women, you know, I'm not trying to victim blame at all. But just be careful. Just be careful out there. It's hard because a lot of these women were very vulnerable. And yeah. I don't know. Just be safe out there, guys. Don't, don't go into random chat rooms. Just please don't. Yeah. And stay off tagged. Just use sites that are a little more secure. Mm -hmm. That's all we're trying to say. That's really it. Just be aware. Aware and safe. And if something is uncomfortable, don't go and be fucking loud and angry at people when they piss you off in public. 
Because it might save your life. Trust your gut always. All right. Be safe. Bye. Bye.